0: The USL Championship is the second division of professional soccer in the United States. And for Soccer Chaplains United, it's the biggest part of our group to serve in this league and at this level. Nine of our 28 chaplains are volunteering and serving teams in USL Championship. And with the playoffs set to start, we sit down with three of them to talk about the playoff outlook and to take a look back on the regular season. Hello, everyone. This is Red Brad you're listening to the Soccer Chaplains United podcast from the Touchline. Today, I'm joined by special guests Greg Eit, the volunteer chaplain with Memphis 901 FC, Kurt Trempert with Colorado Springs Switchbacks FC, and Robert Briggs, also known as Briggsy, who serves with Sacramento Republic. It's a special time, too. Kurt's going to share some exciting and yet sad news with us. We also have our first crosses with Rev with Chaplain Briggs. Let's see how well this Scotsman can do. Stay tuned, we kick things off right after this.
1: He's found the space and he's found the back of the net. Just a little off foot, thinking he's going to go far post. Not strong enough with his right hand. Whips that one in. Far post almost made him enter. They have. He has the hat trick. The second in his career. The third of the night. The hat trick hero. Talked about you're not going to be able to sustain that kind of pressure. The corner goes towards the near post, and you're in the angle of what a goal! What a goal!
0: Well, welcome to the podcast uh today. We're doing a season review and playoff preview with the USL Championship chaplains for Soccer Chaplains United, and I've got three great guys on on the call on the pod today. um Gregory I is the volunteer chaplain for Memphis Nine Hundred One FC. Robert Briggs, otherwise known as Briggsy, uh is chaplain for Sacramento Republic. And then Kurt Trempert. Kurt is the volunteer chaplain for Colorado Springs Switchbacks FC. And that's a mouthful. And today I'm sure we're gonna have quite a bit of a mouthful as we all Share and talk. We're going to do a little bit of a, a review and a preview, and I'm excited to get into it with these guys. Uh, we've got some uniqueness. Uh, Briggsy has just joined Soccer Chaplains United this year. Uh, we just finalized things, got across the finish line a few weeks ago, and Kurt is wrapping some things up. So we'll we'll talk a little bit about that, but um, let's get into it. And uh, you know, going back, Kurt, Greg, you guys were on. Our preview call earlier this season. So there were some predictions and thoughts. I was going back through some of the notes. And and Greg, one of the things that I noticed is that Memphis uh last year finished number two uh with quite quite a difference in the points than than they did this year. And I'm just curious, Greg, if you're gonna start us off. I mean, sixty-eight points last year, this year fifty-two points, and finishing fourth what's what's the difference has has the east just gotten that much more competitive or or what's going on in in your view and and maybe give us a little sum of of how the team's done this season from your perspective
2: yeah absolutely i mean uh the east the championship entirely i think has gotten a little more difficult a little tighter um playoff races in the east and the west down to the wire this past uh weekend um you know, it's, it's a tight game out there. Uh, 68 points this year would have put us in, in first in the East. Um, and so it's just, it's, it's gotten tighter all around. Uh, we, we, you know, we had some change over in, uh, in coaching staff over the off season. And so, uh, I think I, you know, I mentioned that we had a good returning cast of players, uh, change in management is going to mean, um, a little bit <clears throat> of an adjustment and, uh, we still were able to finish with a home field playoff spot um, with 52 points. A lot of adjustments over the season, uh, bringing in some new players, losing some players, um, getting used to the new coaching staff, new style. And so, uh, you know, fourth place is still home field on that first playoff game and uh, still uh, something special for the boys. So I think uh, I think it was a great season overall. Um From Memphis and, and in a lot of ways an improvement uh, from last season and not a step backwards but a step forward even if we didn't get the points that we were looking for.
0: Yeah usually when you see a, a, a coaching change happen the the team really teams really takes a time to readjust to a new voice right a new mm-hmm. culture in the locker room new new everything would but what would you say that were there some moments through the season, Greg, for you guys, where you saw that adaptation and that work to to growing into that new identity? Or or how has that gone from your perspective? Yeah, it's definitely
2: taken an adjustment. I mean, all coaches are going to be um, have their own style and, and culture with the players. Uh, as well, because there was such a, a large returning contingent of players this year, I think that puts an extra uh, special strain on the adjustment, too, because you're not – you're not getting to build a new locker room environment or culture. You're not getting to build a new system of play, but instead you, you are adjusting um, a lot of these starters to a new locker room, to a new system of play. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, 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 definitely took some time. We had a, a great run the beginning of the season. I think that's just pure talent. Um, th- th- this team is stacked with talent. And so I think that that contributed to like a 13 match unbeaten streak, um, and then we kind of struggled through the summer and i think that was kind of uh what you talked about of uh, finding an identity um you can play soccer pretty well but uh what's going to sustain is a is a culture and an identity uh, a locker room environment that's going to propel you forward so yeah. uh, we're hitting the right
0: stride at the right time though in that yeah that's good when you when you want that playoff push don't you now yeah. briggsy you guys you guys are number 1 in the west and sacramento republic typically is is up there in the top Top few teams um time and time again so so say w- for you guys uh are you are you limping across the finish line? are you finishing strong the regular season or or from your perspective you've you've been around the club oh, next year's going to be what your your tenth eleventh season,
1: so yeah yeah uh yeah i mean i think I think we definitely uh have been up and down in terms of maybe form we've got results, I think. In our games, obviously our points tally show that. I think we've actually finished a bit stronger the last few weeks. Went to RGV, it's a hard place to go. And the best of times and our boys were behind twice and came back and won 3-2, which I think was a, a testimony to the fact that they really are realising we're getting to the business end of the season now and uh, there's no room for complacency. I think we, we controlled the game against Miami on Saturday night to a full house. I never really felt we were going to lose the game. But I wasn't sure we were going to nick a goal. And we had a, we had some real great opportunities to score, but we eventually got one. And it was a comfortable victory, to be quite honest, I thought, on Saturday evening. I think our boys are focused now. You know, we've got New Mexico coming into town. That'll be a tough game. They're a good side. They've hit a bit of form. But I think that, I think there's a buoyancy about the Republic right now. I think our boys know this is it. We've got four games. And uh, hopefully Pittsburgh can get knocked out somewhere along the line and we'll get the final.
0: <laughs> yeah, Pittsburgh has has come on. They are so strong of a team. And uh, you know, Briggsy, it's it's funny, you guys get matched up against United. So we've got a, a crew of chaplains there serving New Mexico United as well. And so I feel torn sometimes as I'm uh as I'm watching these games. I, I kind of am hoping that the, the inter soccer chaplains united matchups happen a little further into the playoffs, but that isn't always the case. And so Uh, It's going to be interesting because United United have been fighting to get get into that last spot. And so uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, how you guys rise to the occasion. Kurt talk now. uh, Well, first, share your news, I guess, with us and then uh, talk a little bit about switchbacks and uh, and them entering into the playoff push here.
3: Well, I mean, the big news is is obviously this is my last season with the switchbacks after uh, well, nine seasons, uh, well, portion of nine seasons. No, no, it's nine. Come on. Eight eight in like a month and a half. So there you go. Eight seasons in the last month and a half of the first season. So it's been really good to be a part of that and be, have an experience there. But, um, my job as I'm a pastor of a church here in Colorado Springs and, and so, you know, the moving to Omaha, to take a job with our district leadership for our churches and pastors, and particularly for leadership development and developing uh, ministry leaders for the future, whether and, and whether it's chaplains or whether it's uh, pastors or church planters or missionaries, international workers around the world. So um, that's going to be my gig um, going forward. So we just uh, actually we just uh, put an offer on the house, accepted. That was accepted yesterday, and so we're under contract, and that's exciting. But uh, we've got you know a long ways to go to actually get to Omaha, but that's the big news, uh, related to that. But nothing, uh, I mean, it's it's exciting, but it's also kind of a total lane change for me to step into this because it's not what I've done for the last 30 years. It's yeah. uh, I mean, we've done it at a local church level, raising up leaders, but. Um yeah, so just changing leadership styles and everything else going forward. So I'm a little sad to be letting go of you know soccer chaplains um in the season. Well, hey, hey, Kurt, we're not okay. letting
0: go of you. We are not okay, okay. letting go of Fair you. Enough. In Fair fact,
3: enough.
0: uh I, I'm gonna break in here because Kurt uh actually introduced us to our new chaplain for Union Omaha, Felipe Olavaria, And um Felipe is gonna be doing a work there and uh and Kurt, just so you know, like Felipe's talked about maybe going back to Chile and church planting and I said, Well good, because we've we've transitioned Kurt, he's he's going up to Omaha, so <laughs> he'll be able to oh. fill in your shoes some when you when you decide to go back. So yeah, yeah we have plans go. for
3: you, Kurt. Well, maybe. And and you know, it's it's kind of cool to be able to coach Felipe during that time too and be available for him because he came up through our ministry. He was one of the guys that we raised up at in Carlos Springs. And then he went off to uh, do be a, do a church planting residency in Omaha and is now at an established church in Omaha. And and so just finished his ordination and stepped into the Union Omaha um, chaplaincy, which is super cool. He's a young guy with one kid, married for I think three or four years. Yeah. Um, so it's pretty cool to have this opportunity to, you know, come alongside him and support. And, you know, but I'm, I'm at the age where I'm, I'm old enough to be every player's dad. I found out that last, uh, <laughs> which is crazy. I have a, my oldest daughter is older than the vast majority of our team. So anyway.
0: Yeah. That's a, you know, it's funny you mentioned that Kurt, because we do as chaplains, we go through these stages where we, we are sometimes younger brother. Sometimes we're older brother. Then we move into this sort of father stage and, Sometimes a grandfather stage. So uh you know I don't know. But but what's interesting too is as we grow with people, uh, we grow with the game too. And so I've found that the former players who then become the coaches or the uh the the technical directors, you know, now you you, you kind of move alongside and do life with and, and go through things yeah. together. So so Kurt, you're you'll always be younger than someone and older than someone else. <laughs> <laughs> as, as we so
3: have I'm all 122 now. years old, then I uh, might not be, done. I don't <laughs>
0: know. I mean, sir, Alex is still up in the box at, at United, you know, looking down, uh, wish that would translate into some on field success for us, but <laughs> we can, we can, we can get more into that. So, so Kurt nine, nine years, we'll, we'll call it nine years with switchbacks and you've, you, you're seeing them, um, get into the playoffs. what, what do you see as the strength for Switchbacks? They're the five seed uh, yeah. playing San Antonio. San Antonio is quite strong. They won didn't they win it all last year? You know. Yes. Um, so they here they've they've taken a step back. They're not number one in the West this this year. But um, what what is it going to take for Switchbacks to win it on the road against San Antonio?
3: <laughs> do you want the fans' perspective, or do you want the, the... <laughs> The- Divine
0: intervention is acceptable. Yeah. Sure.
3: <laughs> no, all honesty, I you know, San Antonio has kind of been a thorn in in the switchback side for several years now. Um last year we lost the
0: and we lost Kurt so so the switchbacks have lost out and and Kurt is lost uh down in Colorado Springs. Well,
1: so I hope we'll, the switchbacks beat San Antonio. That's all I've got to say for <laughs> that. Uh, uh, Everybody's gunning that. for
0: San Antonio, eh? I
1: want I want Colorado to beat them. I think Colorado are a dark horse think, team in the this year. What was that? I think Colorado got a chance, Kurt, this year. They're a dark horse team. I think you boys could be the dark horses for the playoffs, and we're taking We're taking you boys deadly serious if we ever get to you guys in the playoffs.
3: Yeah, well, we got to get past San Antonio. And really, it's the refereeing, frankly. If Mm. uh, the refereeing is USL (laughs) – if if it's the new USL referees, they'll do – the switchbacks will probably beat San Antonio. If it's the old USL referees, then – Switchbacks will probably not beat San Antonio. <laughs> they are allowed to run over players and allowed to flop around and draw yellow cards for nothing. Um, then switchbacks will not be able to beat them. We got to get that San Antonio
0: um, chaplain on on and uh set them straight. We, you know? we didn't we did, we
1: did, we did have a podcast for the chaplain for the referees because that's a very interesting. There you go, episode. there you we go. Got plenty, we got plenty opinions about USL refereeing.
0: There's there's a team that <laughs> no one likes, right? The USL referee. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I,
3: I don't like to blame referees for anything, you know, but the reality is, is that. Referees ruin games if they're not if they don't allow the beautiful game to be played well, and uh, and they allow it to turn into something different, and and you know it's interesting. It's like it's been fun to watch the referees grow, and just as all of our teams have improved in their quality, um, and the quality of USL Championship has just just exploded. It's just amazing to me as I watch the quality of players and the quality of of coaching and everything stadiums venues all of it um and what's fascinating to me is is that even ownership the quality of ownership has improved and um it's just fascinating to watch that and even the referees have improved and that's why i say but there are some throwback things that happen and and it's, it's really just the league going through the growing pains of maturing and developing. And as you said, with chaplains, as players, well, coaching, you know, you have these players grow up and then they become coaches. I think the same thing is happening with refereeing. I think a lot of these referees that are starting to come in, the newer referees, are, are a little more seasoned. They have a lot more experience with the game. And, and I think we're seeing a, a positive thing there. So I say that tongue-in-cheek um, because – I just listened to the banter in the locker room about San Antonio and how they play the game, and how annoyed they are by them. But you know they're only annoyed because they lose to them, frankly. And so it's it's going to be interesting. And if if seriously, and I I agree with uh, Briggsy is that if we if we can be get past San Antonio, oh man. That's that's the one team that's been a thorn in our side that we have not been able to beat. I think we've beat everybody else that we're playing in the playoffs at least once. Um, and so it'll be interesting to... Uh, you have to come
1: down, you'll have to come down to sea level at that point, uh, Kurt, and play us in Sacramento. And we'll be ready at sea level. We never like <laughs> going up to Colorado Springs, but you come down to sea level. We're going to have a great game. And you've got a bunch of my ex-Republic boys there that Definitely I know do. Uh, you guys you guys played well and beat us well up there, but come down to sea level. We'll have some fun.
0: Now, Greg, you guys with Memphis, you have the four seed in the East, so that means you get the home game matchup. And Louisville City is – would you say they're they're kind of a rival for you guys, just from proximity and some other things?
2: Absolutely, yeah. I mean, uh, they're no Birmingham. Birmingham is going to be our primary rival, uh, especially – um, for the last, for the you know, first four years of Memphis's ex- existence, Louisville's just been a powerhouse, just a perennial powerhouse, and uh, so we've never really wanted to treat that as a rivalry rivalry situation. If we can't win it, but um, but now, I mean, they they have chinks in their armor. Um, they look beatable. Um, we've taken care of business against them twice this season. It, it's an entirely possible uh, thing for us, so we're kind of excited about that matchup. We're, we're happy that's happening. Um, there was a chance it was going to happen in Louisville uh, with close in points uh, this past Saturday. But we'll take them in Memphis. We'll take them in Louisville. Uh, we feel feel good about it, that
0: one. And, and Greg, you guys have a pathway. If you guys, you know, get past this first round, uh, your pathway goes through Pittsburgh play, taking on uh, Detroit City. So talk about what challenges exist if you've got to face either of those two. Yeah, Detroit,
2: uh, it can be a tough team. Um, They can get scrappy and grind it out. I don't know that they get past Pittsburgh, though, and uh, we do not feel as good about Pittsburgh as we do about Louisville. They're just a tough team. They play tight. We went up against them, uh, went up 2-0, and then they came back and beat us 4-2 in the second half um, last time we were there. They're they're tough. They're uh, just a clean, um, disciplined system that Bob Lilly's put in place there for many years. And it's clicking for them this year. Dequa's prolific goal scorer um, got the golden boot this year. And and just, it it would be a really tough game to do, but um, they're not impossible to beat. They've lost a few times this season. Uh, They don't have the goal differential of, um, you know, like some of these powerhouse teams the last season are in the West. Uh, It's an entirely possible pathway through Pittsburgh.
0: All right, Greg, I'm, I'm going to get serious here on you. I'm going to ask you a tough question. You can pass if you want to, because <clears throat> I realize how tough this could be. <laughs> but we get to the Eastern Conference final, and the matchup is Charleston with the former head coach of Memphis, a good friend of yours, Ben Pierman, and Memphis 9-0 on a C. You, as a a chaplain, you're answering this question, what are you doing? Like, how how does that go to have uh, someone that is a friend you care about, you've worked under and served, uh, going up against uh, going up against the boys? How how do you uh, handle that as a chaplain? And you could say pass. I don't know what I would say to be honest. But... <laughs> no, I mean, uh, not only not only Pierman,
2: the coach there, but also a few of the boys from last season and previous seasons are all there, um, enjoying some success there. We go up against them in the playoffs. It'll be, uh, it'll be quite a match, especially in that final. I mean, that's the only place we could find them, but yeah, it would be quite a match. I think I would pray. I'd pray for them, uh, to have the spiritual fruit of comfort and peace, uh, in the loss. Uh, you can use imprecatory Psalms, I think at that point, I think (laughs) that's fine. Um, but at
0: least be praying for them. Yeah, it's I I don't know, uh, Kurt Robert. You guys have been around quite a while. Like all of us have been serving for a while. You you find people that you love, you care about that move around in the game, and you want to see them succeed. You want to see them do well. uh, Talk a little bit, maybe uh, Briggsy. What what's it like for you when when someone else comes to town and they're taking on Sac Republic? I mean. I I think we have an advantage as as Christians, as pastors, as chaplains, because we, we see a bigger picture. Right. But for these guys, it's a little bit of livelihood, a little bit of rivalry, a little bit of this is their vocation. Right. So I, I think it's a little different for them, I feel. But um, yeah, Briggs, you talk. How, how do you how do you manage that? How do you navigate
1: Got that? It. I think the guys, all the guys that I've got, you know, I've got friends in San Antonio. I've got friends, you know, obviously the lads up at Colorado. Uh, all the boys know me pretty well. My attitude is this. Hey, boys, I love you, but for 90 minutes, I want to beat you. Quite simple. <laughs> we, You know, uh, 90 minutes, I'm a, I'm a Republic guy. I'm died in the wilkes Republic. We're here to win afterwards. You know, like uh, Rivas was playing for... Uh, uh, Miami on Saturday night he, he played reasonably well and he's a good lad and I, I never felt he got a real fair shake when he was at the Republic a number of years back he's really blossomed as a player since he left us and I, we had some time after the game you know I went up and had a chat with him and encouraged him and said hey you know your, your career has really blossomed since you left the Republic and you know, he didn't play too many games for us but you know the boys all get me they totally understand that uh, at the end of the day it's there's that double edge, isn't there? There's the the bigger picture. We love these guys. We want their life to do well. We want them even, you know, we want them to know the Lord as well. But uh, when it comes to the game, they're in town to beat me. And we're in town to beat them, and we we accept this is part of the game. And if they beat me, hey, I'll shake their hand and say, "Well done, boys. You gave us it tonight." You know, like when the boys went to play in Colorado, you know, I'm watching the game. I'm watching Matt Mahoney. I'm watching Duke. All the boys that I love. These are great boys. And hey, they played well. And the night that uh, we got beat in New Mexico, uh, the lad uh, who I've never—he's never been at the Republic—but the lad we were talking about, Brad, uh, uh, Brucey, yeah, he, Brucey was playing. I've got to know Brucey a couple of times, and he's been here. I texted him before the end of the game, and said, "Hey, you boys rolled us over tonight, Brucey. Well done, mate. That was you guys played well." So you know that's the kind of way I approach it, Brad. When at the end of the day, ninety minutes, we're here to beat you, and you're here to beat me. And afterwards, we're We're cool. Of course, we play fair, not dirty. None of that nonsense. Play your hard game. Play your best game. But, uh, you know, the, the match matters, but the relationship is much more important.
0: Iron, iron sharpens iron, and and uh, we're podcasting. Uh, we we're not doing um, this on YouTube, and and Briggsy has a sword behind him. So like when when we talk about iron sharpening iron, he's, I've got he's, two swords here actually. Oh, oh my goodness! Like we <laughs> gotta watch out. We're gonna have to. But this re-rate is the most the important.
1: This is the most important sword that I have. Amen brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he held up the talk- Bible for
2: those listeners. <laughs> yeah, That's, I yeah
1: for those who don't know. My it wasn't a third sword. Yeah,
0: <laughs> small dagger. What 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 do the Scots call it? The the skein do. Skein do. I've yeah. got a skein do too, Brad. You've got yeah. one
1: too, probably for your that, kilt. I'm sure. Yeah, that
0: one fits in your sock, you know, just yeah. in case they take away your other ones. That's well, Kurt,
1: think in case the
0: English catch us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Kurt, how how is it for you when you see familiar faces uh, coming through Colorado or? elsewhere in your travels uh you know tracking with people supporting them as they as they go on from i mean nine years of service there's been quite a few guys that have have gone on
3: well funny thing about that is the switchbacks for the longest time didn't have a high quality um roster if you would and so a lot of the players that went on from the switchbacks either went on into retirement or they went on to lower levels so they didn't so a lot of them didn't end up coming back through. Mm-hmm. Um, but now we're starting to see a little more of that, interestingly enough. And I mean, I could feel for the coach situation the that, that that's a little different because like for me, when I watch the players play that come back through, um, or I watch the switchbacks go to them and play against former players. I always hope the players do well but the team loses. You know, it's like it's like kind of <laughs> You know, you hope it's kind of like fantasy football, you know, that's why I don't do fantasy football anymore is because (laughs) it ruins the game for me. But there is that piece of me that I want them to do well, not get injured. And it just breaks my heart. Every once in a while, you'll see a former player. One, one guy came through here and he, he was playing here. He played with the switchbacks for a couple of years and I didn't know him really well because it was during the COVID years. It was at the end of the COVID years. He came back through and, broke his leg in the middle of the game and it was this it was a horrible situation and you know and you just kinda your heart aches. And so I reached out to him obviously and and prayed with him and that kind of thing. But then there's at the same time there's other guys that come through you just hope they do well, but you hope that they lose, you know, that is the the thing. On a coaching situation, how do you hope that the coach does well? because um, <laughs> if the coach does well, you lost. Yeah, uh, right. you know, it's kind of thing. So um yeah it's kind of a weird, you know it's like uh but you also don't hope he does makes bad coaching decisions, you know that you know like um, I don't know that coaching is just a different animal, I would think, but yeah, the reality is, you do hope for their livelihood for them to do well, um you pray that they succeed um individually but then but it's a team sport, so you can hope that the team loses that's the way I look at it.
0: Guys, uh, share a little bit, um, maybe a highlight from the season for you. Like, was there a moment when not necessarily results on a field, but was there a highlight for, for you, the team, the ministry, just a just a point where you felt like, man, I got a really neat opportunity to serve this year, or, or this was something special that happened. I'll, I'll just kind of give you an example for, for me, I think, um, we did it, we did a, front office study group study, kind of Bible study and a, a first team and second team study that happened. We went through the entire gospel of John all year this year. Uh, and then we, we kept going cause we had the momentum. We, we went in, we're in the letters of, of, of John, uh, first John right now. And, uh, so, so to me, to me, that was kind of a highlight. Um, there were a few weeks where the schedule didn't allow for a meeting, but, um, we really stayed true and consistent and, and it felt like wow, for the first time since COVID, we've we've had a real consistent group of people that just wanted to get together as, as part of their rhythm at the stadium. And for me that, that was a little bit of a highlight this year. So I, I wonder, Greg, is is there a highlight you can point to this year? And and just so you know, and I've said this before, Greg, Greg is the freeze pop chaplain of Memphis. Uh, he he set out to to get these guys a few years ago with, with freeze pops. And now it's just a staple to what he does as a chaplain. So, but Greg, is there, is there a highlight kind of along those lines for you for this year? Well, a consistent, I'll follow for that. A consistent low light for me
2: every season is, you know, we've hit this temperature change here. Memphis stays pretty hot, pretty long and uh, somewhere in late September, early October, you know, training, it goes from 90 degree days down to like, very low humidity and, and high of 65. And that's the first day I don't bring freeze pops. I mean, it's, it's cold out there. I can see your breath and wow. And you just, you get these looks, you get, you get these <laughs> questions, you know, where's the freeze pops? What are you doing here then? I don't understand. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but no, no, I, I love doing that. I, I guess a couple quick highlights for me um, from this season, got to do a, a, Uh, A study a book study Um, one of the players and I were talking early in the season and and he said let's do one that's not just for Christians like he said I'm getting questions from teammates about Christianity so he wanted to do mere Christianity I said let's do it let's go through the book mere Christianity Um, and I said and if we get all Christians that'll be great if we get some Christians some non-Christians it's the perfect book for that too and we did. We got a, a great mixture of of hardcore believers and hardcore skeptics. Uh, and that produced some incredibly good conversation. I think it fortified the faith of people who are wondering about Christianity, uh, who had experienced it in their childhood, but really weren't involved much lately. Um, it fortified the faith of those who um, have been consistent in their faith and all, and and answered a lot of questions for people. There were some really special moments throughout that. Uh, I love that. That was, that was a really good time. And then the second highlight for me was, you know, you get towards this playoff push, you get to the end of the season. You're also having contract talks. um, Mm -hmm. And so players get into this really weird space the last month that you don't, you don't realize from the outside um, of like, I want to do really well right now. And my mind is on next season already too. Um, And they're living in two worlds and, uh, um, it's pretty hard to be present, to be with, uh, your team, uh, to be in the moment. And so I really wanted to throw a, a big barbecue, big team meal. Um, because I think that when you have the right space, the right setup, the right food for that around a table like that, it, it, um, it brings you back to the present. So a few weeks ago, a couple weeks ago, um, a couple other pastors at my church are amazing at, at grilling and cooking and, and serving and hosting. Uh, it's kind of what our church is about. And so they opened up the grill. We cooked, uh, I don't know, 30 pounds of jerk chicken and, um wow. eight fillets of salmon and, uh, cooked Man. like seven racks of lamb ribs. And
3: Ooh, uh, I'm like coming to Memphis this, around playoff oh time. Goodness, it was on.
2: delicious asparagus and rice and, uh, just really, really good. Um, and so it was great food, but it was also a good conversation and most of the guys could make it. Um, and a couple of the staff uh, as well. And they just, they just existed around the table. Some guys sat down, they ate for an hour and they left. Uh, a group of six or seven of them stayed from 12 o'clock when they got there, 1130 when they got there until 430 in the afternoon, just sitting around the table. Um, because they could be in the moment for a little bit, they could be present. So I think that opportunity was such a highlight for me, such a cool thing to see and be a part of and host for them, uh, to bring them back to the the present and back to the people that they're around.
0: That, that is beautiful. I, I love when we get people around a table because yeah. it, it humanizes something yeah. in a way that nothing else does food fellowship. I had some of the guys over, um, we, 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 similarly, we, we got to the end of our study time and, um, the two chaplain and I were like, let's, let's, let's have some food together. Let's, uh, so we, we, my wife just put out a spread. We, we threw a little disc golf in the back. I taught a few guys, a few things of, of what I know. It was, it, we just kind of had fun. It was it's funny too. Cause we were sitting there and I'm like, man, these, these guys could be my sons almost like there's, there's my daughter's kind of hanging out and I'm, you know, you know, I got a 17 year old and some of these guys are like 18, 19. I'm like, oh my goodness. Like let's, let's not be trading phone numbers here, people. Okay. (laughs) But, um, what, what a neat thing that, um just to be around a table to share food to share fellowship together it, it really it really does something so so Briggsy, uh talk a little bit for for yourself for sac republic uh are, are is there a moment a come together kind of moment that you've been able to have this year or or what's been a highlight for you maybe in a different way
1: yeah i, mean, I think uh my wife and i will use our home brad as you know for hospitality so we do invite players and their girlfriends or players and their wives. We've had a couple of, we've had a couple of players and their families have had children this year, which is very unusual. I've never had that in 10 years. Um, So I've been kind of, I've been kind of cooing and on with the babies uh, after Uh games with their wives and having fun. And uh, it's been a real delight actually to see how these lads even just maturing into fatherhood uh, and how it changes their whole perspective on life. And they've got questions, uh, one of the highlights, I guess, that I'm actually doing right now, I'll finish it on Tuesday, is uh, I'll be doing pre-marriage counselling with one of our players and his, his fiance. They plan to be married uh, in the off-season. So this will be my fifth and sixth or sixth and seventh session with them. Uh, we've been doing it on a Tuesday afternoon in our church building. Uh, you know, They're not too far away, so they come to my, my office there and we've had some great conversations. It's been really wonderful. Uh, I think that's been a highlight. I think when you were over in the you know, the, and the open cup was great, Brad. I mean, having you over in that time with Sam uh, was really wonderful. And even though you guys knocked us out that night, and Sam <laughs> scored a goal, and all, that was that was just fun. That was great. I mean, I I thoroughly enjoyed that, and uh, just watching you, I, I I always appreciate, brother, what you do. And and, and I've got things to learn uh, from you, which I think have been good. Uh, you know, I think I have the, I have the, I have a very privileged position here, Brad. As you know, I mean, I'm in the locker room. Uh, before the game for the pre-talk. I'm in, I'm in, I, have, I have full access, VIP pass, the whole shebang. I sit on the side of the park. Uh, it's a very unusual situation that I know I, I don't deserve. And the Lord has kept that, has opened that door over a period of time. So I have a lot of, a lot of personal interaction with the boys. Yeah. They'll take me aside and I'll go for a walk at training. Want to ask me about their future. And I've got a few meetings before the end of the season now, because we're in that contract season and guys, lads will take me into their conference and ask me, what do I think? What should they do? You know, they're they're all, they all love Sacramento. They come here, they experience it. The weather's fabulous. The the fans, you know, we've only got the one team in the city. Um, My goal is to make sure that these boys have as good an experience in this city as possible. Where obviously I can bring message of the gospel. I, I, I seek to do that, but where I, I have a lot of just personal one-on-one time with players. Uh, some of it is deeper conversation. Some of it's telling them how Tottenham Hotspur are a great soccer team.
0: And, <laughs> oh but, my gosh! Oh. You know, uh,
1: and, and they're enjoying. They're all, they're, they all love their English football. It's a so false gospel. It's a, it's a false well, gospel. Lo- loads of, of banter, loads banter about the English. Well, we've got a couple of Newcastle boys on our team right now, and they are flying high with Newcastle, you know. So we're having a blast, you know. So I think the highlights spiritually have been those cases. A uh, couple more opportunities before the end of the season. Uh, I know some of the boys are in a, a dilemma about their contractual extensions and what they want to do. I'll be involved in some of those conversations. I just appreciate prayer for wisdom with that. Um, so yeah, it's been it's been a good season. Not, I mean, in the past, I've had Bible studies that have gone really well. This year hasn't happened. I've been doing a lot more one-on-one work this year than group work. Uh, the, I'm 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 going to be drawn on you, Brad, for the new season. I've got some ideas from even our conversation. I want to try and kick it up a little bit as the new season will dawn and the new year. We'll see what, how it goes. You know. Yeah. So well,
0: we'll and go. and Robert, you guys just signed one of the youngest players, right? Thirteen-year-old for South Republic.
1: Yep. 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 I, you know, it's
0: funny. I told my wife, I said, you know, all throughout my seminary years, I said, I'm never going to be a youth pastor. I'm never going to be a youth pastor. And nowadays I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm a youth pastor.
1: Yeah, I mean, Davian <laughs> could be my grandson. That's very true. Uh, <laughs> 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 which is actually kind of weird. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think that he got he got a couple of minutes a few weeks back. Mark, they'll, they'll, they'll take care of him. He's a big boy, got into the under-16 Mexico team. I mean, he's clearly a guy that's on the radar of players. Out of teams, um, and I, we've got a very good academy set up here. They really do want to be a developmental club. We realise we're not an LA Galaxy, we're not a, we're never going to be a, an LAFC. But we've got, you know, Sacramento is a soccer city, Northern California. Mm. A lot yeah. of kids play football here, um, and there's opportunity to develop. And I think our clubs see them, see themselves as a developmental club with the possibilities. I mean, a reasonably top usl club and that's kind of the ambition at this point
0: nice nice kurt so a little bit of a shift on on your i think i'm curious kurt nine seasons original chaplain with switchbacks fc what what is the kurt trempert legacy if you will and i know you're not this you you don't think as highly of yourself as maybe i think highly of you but uh what what for you coming away from the club that you you've served now for this many years what for you do, you do you look at anything and you go yeah there's there's a sense of a landmark moment there's a there's a I mean I can see a few right you guys moved from your your stadium in the sticks of town to the downtown nice brand new spankin' new stadium that even a lot of other people in Colorado enjoy, but but for you, do you look at anything and go, you know, I'm really I'm proud of this accomplishment. Like, a, is there anything for you that you go, yeah, this, this is a little bit of legacy that I, that I'm happy about or I'm I'm proud of.
3: Yeah, um, I would say probably the biggest thing is uh, the the relationship with um, the management. Um, in the sense that the front office staff has been, um, that relationship has really blossomed and been having had opportunities to walk with them and, and, you know, through some really hard things, um, over the last nine years. And so that's been probably, I think probably the most significant thing just because of the incredible turnover. I think the, the thing that I'm. But probably the legacy would just be the longevity. I mean, I look at Briggsy and I'm like, man, the the only reason they let you sit do that is because you're a trusted figure and you've demonstrated year in after year out right. uh, that that you're you're going to be there and that you're not going to undermine anything that the the team is trying to do. And and I think that's that's kind of the the mentality. I think probably the legacy is, is I've set that in motion, uh, probably and set that that seed deep into the management's mentality as far as chaplains go. And now the next step is um, because of the changing uh, coaching staff, it's interesting to watch the management tell the coaching staff Hey, this is who Kurt is. This is what mm. he brings to the team. This is the flavor. This is the, 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 the intangibles, if you would, that he's an intangible component or a chaplain is an intangible component of the team. And so, um, it was interesting. Uh, the last practice I was at, um, this last Thursday, um, the president came down and, presented me with a Jersey and asked all the guys to sign it, you know, and say, Hey, thanks for your nine years of service. They put a number nine on the
1: back, which is cool. Oh, great. Cool. That's cool. cool.
3: Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's a, that's a special thing. Look
3: at the. Yeah. Yeah. So I just, when I look at the players, I just like, I feel bad that I don't know the players as well as I would like. Um, there's a lot of things. I feel like this last year, um, I've been trying to find someone to replace me because I knew God was called before I knew I was moving. I knew God was calling me out of the, this particular role. Um, and so I feel bad this last year. I don't feel like I gave the players as much as I would have liked. Um, I was spent most of my time trying to find someone who would come alongside and walk with me through the journey. So anyway,
0: yeah. Yeah. Well, Kurt, thank you for your years of service and being faithful to those relationships. And, um, you know, there, there's a steadfastness I think because football is so transient amongst uh, the players, especially in coaches, um, the, the ownership tends to be the the staying thing that the, the staff members, you know, even, even, even some of our ticket and security folks, like they're the steadfast people and, and to to steadfastly serve and and show up and be there and sacrifice time from family and ministry and personal things I, I think those are those are all beautiful gifts and Kurt thank you for serving that way uh, we're not going to let go of you we're going to find a way to to weasel more, more out of you somehow. I don't know how, uh, but we will. And uh, Briggsy 10 years next year, or uh, you're completing your 10th year. <clears throat> Just brilliant. It's amazing. And Greg, you're on your way. So guys uh, we're we're going to get into a little game here with Briggsy in a moment crosses with Rev, but before we do, I want your prediction for who's in the final Sunday, November 12 on ESPN two at nine Eastern. We're going to have two teams, one West, one East in the final I would love to hear your prediction on who the East versus West opponents are going to be, and uh, I'm going to start with Briggsy since he's number one in the West right now. Who is it? Who do you think, Robert? Who's? Well, it's who...
1: either we're either going to Pittsburgh or Tampa's coming to us.
0: All right, so Pitts or Tampa against Sac Republic. Do, do you want to? Do you want to nail it down? We'll, we'll really we this won't go against your prophetic skills as a pastor.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I don't want want the Lord to curse my team with my arrogance and my pride. So, uh, (laughs) you know, but the the reality is, uh, yeah, I mean, I think we got a point. We got a point in uh, Pittsburgh. We got a point in Tampa. So we're not afraid to go to Pittsburgh. But obviously with 12,000 fans in our stadium uh, and a final the place would be absolutely rocking. I would love that to be the final uh, at our stadium. Uh, obviously, we when we got to the final ten years ago, it was only because Orlando were number one seed and they got knocked out, and we got the final. So we're hoping that the Lord and His kind providence will ord- ordain that that happens again this year, and we get the final. And uh, it would, it couldn't be Pittsburgh. It would have to be. Uh maybe Tampa but we'll take Colorado although we'll get you guys earlier than that I think Kurt so we've got to dispose of you guys earlier Uh <laughs> Memphis you guys can get over here that would be wonderful as well but uh yeah I think we, we're you know we have a lot of respect for these other teams Mark Briggs is a great coach and our backroom staff are great they, they do their homework we know that to win the final is going to be gargantuan. It's a, it, it takes a lot to win it. And there's some really good sides. I mean, Pat, Pittsburgh, Tampa have been playing very well this year. Um, but if our boy, we're, 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 you know, Danny Vitiello got the golden glove. So it could be the golden boot against the golden glove. Yeah, in the final. And we'll see go. what happens. Uh, that could be quite a, that would be a night in Pittsburgh that uh, I would rather have it in Sacramento. But, uh, you know, yeah. November in Pittsburgh is not quite as attractive as a, November in Sacramento.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We'll we'll remind the Lord of that. Uh, (laughs) All right, Ite. How about for you? Who's who's your pick for uh, for the USL Championship final?
2: It's hard to not go with Sacramento in the West. It's really tough. Uh, They're a strong, strong team. I mean, I could see the upset somewhere along the way. I could even see it against New Mexico. New Mexico's got a really good run of form right now. uh, At the expense of Memphis, even last weekend. Um, but Mm. they're, they're a strong, strong team and they seem to have the passion and the heart for it. Uh, in the East, my heart would love to go with Memphis. There's a ton of skill there. I can definitely see the path towards it. Um, but Pittsburgh is also, I mean, they're just, they're just really good. Uh, a solid team. I could definitely see golden boot, golden glove, uh, final happening in Pittsburgh, uh, for sure. Um, if we were to meet Sacramento in the final, we, we handled them at their, Place one one, uh we can do it. Um so we have the potential in Memphis. I'd love to go with that as my heart, say Sacramento, Memphis in the final. All right. All
1: and right. if you come out here, brother, we got a, you don't got a hotel, just come and stay in my home. Brad knows Will that. have you. The the barbecue's not quite as good, but you know, we'll do our best. <laughs> I, I
0: can't imagine the two of you Spurs fans being together. That just sounds ridiculous, <laughs> <Yes>.
1: though.
0: <laughs> I might have to show up for that. All right, Kurt, who who do you got? Who's I know you know these teams inside and out, but who do you got?
3: No, I guess my, I mean, my heart, obviously I would love to see switchbacks get in, you know, make it past that hump and get into the final. But my wife's from Sacramento. So I really do. uh, I really do think Sacramento is going to just walk through the playoffs. I think they're, I'd be very surprised. I think everybody would be very surprised if they got upset along the way. As far as the East, yeah, I'm like in Tampa Bay. I just, I think that, um, yeah, but I see them losing, coming, I mean, uh, trying to travel all the way to across the coast and play in Sacramento. Um, I think they would have a hard time with that. Um, but I think they would have a hard time also going through Pittsburgh. So it's just, it's kind of like one of those things that it's like, I I do like um it really just kind of depends where the upsets happen um and de- determining who who has to travel where um for whatever game I think that makes a huge difference just because it home field advantage does matter in the USL big time and uh and it's it's not every pitch is the same um it's not like they're all rising to the same standards and it's really hard to play on a baseball field. Um, and when you have to play, I think that was Louisville's big asset for years is theirs pitch was awful. Um, and they had a great fan base and that gave them great opportunity. And so it's interesting to me how, you know, how this all plays out. So I think it really depends on where the upsets happen, and, and what the home field's, turn out to be in the in the Western conference finals I think that makes in Eastern conference finals as well I think that'll make a huge difference as far as who gets through and to the next level but the way I see it now is I I yeah I do I I think it's either Pittsburgh or Tampa I, I'm gonna go with Tampa just because you know a, historic, a storied franchise for years and yeah. against uh, Sacramento which obviously one of the most successful franchises in the USL. So I think it'd be a great, a great uh, final if that's what it ended up.
1: So Nice.
0: Nice. Good stuff. All right, guys. Well, thanks for getting your picks in and uh, your bonus check will be in the mail if you get it right.
1: So what, what about you, Brad going, mean, come on, Brad, you got to give us your production. You're the, oh, you're the yeah. prophet of the prophets.
0: Oh my goodness. Um, I, it's just, I know so many guys, so many amongst these teams, uh, I, I I know I've got a, a former Rapids guy who's with OC, and um, I, I think, you know...
1: OC we'll are in good form, and we're bad. OC are doing yeah, well. I can see an right
0: OC-SAC conference final. Uh, SAC Republic, though, the home field advantage is massive. And um, I'm curious to see a Memphis-Charleston matchup, so... Man, what would that do, Greg? Would you travel? Would you go? To, would you go to Charleston? Maybe I would love to.
2: I'd love to. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I just think uh, Pittsburgh. I've not seen them play myself, but I think it's going to be Pitt versus Sac. I, I just think both teams have been so overwhelming in league play. Um, I, I I'm sorry, Robert. I think you're going to have to go to the East Coast again. You know. <laughs> Hopefully you you have better success than you guys did in Orlando last year. But uh, yeah, I think, I think that's how it's going to be. So Sacramento against Pittsburgh. Uh, But uh, I wouldn't mind, as Kurt said, seeing, and and you said, Robert, seeing Tampa Bay uh, sneak in there and maybe upset, but uh, I'd love to see several of these teams in a final. So let's, let's put it that way. Leave it that way. Um. All right, Briggsy. So we're going to get into this game. We're we're in the last little bit here of the podcast. This is a game called Crosses with Rev. So you got to just imagine. I'm going to feed you these questions. There's two types of questions. There's an either or, and and sometimes with the either or, someone will say neither. That's that's acceptable, right? Like, so I could ask you, like, uh, do you like? Uh, I don't know. I'm trying to think of a question without asking you a question. I could say uh, NIV or ESV and you go, yeah, neither. You know, I don't like either translation. That's fine. That's acceptable. That'll get you a point. But if there's a question that's a little controversial and you're like, I don't want to go on record, you say pass. You don't get the points for that. Okay. 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 Um, there is a short answer question. Uh, a couple of them filled throughout. they are three points each. The other questions are just one. So it'll be kind of a fill in the blank. And you just you just kind of want to go snap quick, okay? You you get one minute. Uh, the timer will start after I've finished the first question, and if we start the the last question before time runs out, you, you get to answer it. So you, you get a little injury time, extra time there to to kind of finish it out. Um, currently. The leaderboard is Ben Dudley, our Portland chaplain, with 25 points. Greg is in second with 24, and Kurt's right behind at 23. So you've got you've got numbers two and three here on the call, and they just played this year. Otherwise, I would have set it up for them to play again. Um, so I'm going to let you have the chance. You've got the spotlight, all the pressure's on. Do you have any questions about how this goes? No, I'm fine. Okay. Greg, Kurt, you want to give – Briggsy, any, any hints or tips or do you want, no, you, you want to. This is about the championship,
2: man. I'm
3: okay. You do well. I'm I'm rooting (laughs) for you here. (laughs) Thanks, bro. I appreciate it. All
0: right. All
3: right. Have fun. That's it. And really, just so you know, it's, it's already stacked against you.
0: That's good. (laughs) I I will try to ask these questions as quickly as possible. um, Which there's, there's been a, I've gotten some, some flack for like how, how long some of the questions are or, or any of it. So if you feel like you know the answer before I've uttered, you know, the complete thing, you, you can go for it. Um, but yeah, if are you, are you ready, Briggsy? Go for it. All right. Uh, here we go. First question. Left-footed or right-footed? Right. My favorite EPL team is? Spurs. Dribble, pass, or shoot? Shoot. Call or text? Text. San or Modric? Modric. John Bunyan or John Milton? Bunyan. USL Championship or US Open Cup? Championship. Nike or Adidas? Adidas. My favorite post-game meal
1: is? Uh, Chinese.
0: John Spencer or Gavin Peacock? Gavin Peacock. Fish and Chips or Stovies? Fish and Chips. Allie McCoy's or Barry Ferguson? McCoy's. Rugby or football? Football. St. Patrick or St. Martin? St. Patrick. 442 or 433?
1: 442.
0: My favorite comedian is?
1: Uh, Mike Yarwood. Coffee or tea? Coffee.
0: Christmas or Easter? Christmas. Oh, that's it. That's it. That's what you got, too. Um, Let's see. Points-wise... 24 points.
1: Not bad. You tied Greg. Not bad for <laughs> a Scotsman. Not bad for a Scotsman. You were, you, but you were like, there was no like,
0: uh, or thinking about it. You just like went straight on, which is the best way to do that. That's how you, that's how you get successful at this game. So I was going to ask you two other questions. I had two other in reserve. Preach or teach. Preach. And then, uh, black pudding yes or no yes whoa wow that's interesting you guys know what black pudding is kurt greg briggs you want to describe black pudding for young? like pudding as
1: a black pudding is a yorkshire uh delicacy uh mainly, they, they claim it's congealed blood it may be it tastes delicious and a good old fry And you put some ketchup on it, guys, and you have it with your sausage and your bacon, and it's delicious, guys. Not as good as haggis, but it's good.
0: Oh, yeah, that'll be your next question. (laughs) Kurt, Kurt, you're shaking your head. Have you had black pudding before?
3: No, that just the the idea of coagulated blood being fried is just gross.
1: (laughs) Hey, guys, we're under the new covenant, we're okay. (laughs) Yeah, but no eating blood, you know, don't drinking of blood, you know. I know
3: that's different, but still. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that just sounds yeah. Uh, I would try it though. I just so you know, I would I will eat anything that is that I watch somebody else eating. I will eat it. I will there try. is a
1: there is a Mexican version of it that is not the same, and it's not as good. And I've tried it a few times, Kurt, and it's horrible. The Yorkshire British version is good.
3: Okay. Well, although, <laughs>
1: did you hear anything
3: that British food, any sort of British food, is good? Just makes me go really. Yeah, I mean, like, and that's so fair, bro. Good. I
1: get we are we are pretty bland, but uh, you know. Uh, it is as as an acquired taste, but when you're a kid and you got it since you were a kid, it's a bit like you guys in root beer. You know, I hate root beer, but Americans love root beer. I like it's, yeah. like, uh, it's like an ointment that we used to rub on our legs playing rugby. <laughs> uh,
3: it's like really. Australians and their Vegemite. It's like yeah. that tastes like motor grease or ugh. anyway.
1: Yeah, English yeah. version is Marmite, which I really like, by the way. Oh, uh.
3: <laughs> there you go. Enjoy. <laughs> so, Briggsy, <clears throat> Christmas—you
0: you picked Christmas over Easter. Uh, say say more about that. Is that just uh, purely because
1: it, purely not 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 for a theological reason, but of course okay. without the incarnation there is no resurrection. But mainly because it's a big family time for us. My kids come into town. We celebrate it, uh, Brad. My wife does a great job at Christmas. So, Christmas in our home is a really really precious family time since we moved to america and my kids a couple of them are further away we have a great christmas time in our home and so it's always a really happy season for us and that's the real reason why It just automatically christmas easter i love christmas with my family
0: yeah yeah <clears throat> well and uh, christmas mirrors most what's going to happen next too anyway right There was, there's only one easter there's yeah. going to be two arrivals so um uh Tough to go Ali McCoys against Barry Ferguson, but I figured. Well,
1: when Ali came, came over here in 214 with the Rangers, uh, I got some time with Ali. And I mean, he's the highest goal scorer in the history of the club. I was a center yeah. forward. I watched him as a boy, he was my hero as a boy. So for me, there's no comparison. I mean, Barry's a good guy, but Ali's the man. He's the he's the Rangers.
0: Yeah, like. I I kind of felt like I should have picked someone else more in in Barry's uh, more contemporary to Barry and and given you a little bit more of a challenge. But
1: well, Ali's my favorite Rangers player, so he's never going to be beaten, as far as I'm concerned.
0: Okay. Well, you know, and then you and then Son or Modric, I I was surprised. I mean, Son's had a little bit of a resurgence for you guys this year, right?
1: Sorry, sorry. I think he's just got to prove himself more. He, he, he's doing great. I'm I'm really, really loving Angie Ball. It's brilliant to be a Spurs fan right now after the misery we've come through since Pochettino left. So Sonny's going to be great. I think he's a wonderful, wonderful player. I think he's going to be a great captain. He's going to lift the FA Cup, maybe the Premier League title by the end of the season. But Modric, wow. Modric is a world-class midfield player. Uh, when he left Tottenham, uh, for Real Madrid, I think it was you know uh, we missed him big time, and he has he has a world class footballer, and he's been playing right to the end of his life, you know his career. Croatian, uh, he's done it all, and yeah. so for me, Modric is a, a world class player. Sonny's getting up there; he's just not quite there yet for me. Although I love Sonny, of course, but uh, Modric. Careful,
0: is careful, careful Briggsy, you're getting Greg excited over there. He's shaking his head. I I think he's gonna bust out here in a moment. You know. Ah, uh, well, at least the at least the visit to the Spurs trophy room nowadays still is still a short a short tour. But um, anyway, we'll, well, hey, but
1: that's all going to change, my friend. I know I remember nineteen eighty six when they were going to sack Alex Ferguson. Don't forget, yeah, what goes around comes around, in football. yeah,
0: yeah, all right. <laughs> Yeah, I see how you are. Oh, all right.
1: So, Briggs, I got
0: one more that I, I was curious about, but I I didn't want to ask it because I had asked it of it and I, I didn't want to go here again. But John Knox or John Calvin?
1: Oh, that is a hard one. Now, you might have caught me on that one, to be honest with you. My high school was Knox Academy. I grew up in Haddington where John Knox was actually born. So Knox is, of course, the great Scottish reformer, but he learned so much from uh, the school of Calvin that uh, – you got to say the Genevan reformer is above is above Knox because he was his father in the faith at one oh, level. So. Wow. But what what would I have said in a split second? That's a hard one to be honest. I probably would have gone with Calvin, but maybe I would have been in. You might have caught me for a few seconds. I might not have yeah. got twenty four points on that one, Brad. That was a good one. Yeah. Yeah. You but better Calvin, watch out. Calvin. Calvin is Calvin is the great the great father of the reform faith at that level. So. But Knox is one of my heroes because obviously I'm Scottish.
0: Sure, sure. Being a
1: cal, oh, being a cal, yeah. being a Calvinist, of course. Then at the end of the day, I'm going to obviously, you know, love these guys. <laughs> <laughs> except, <laughs> except for their infant baptism part, because I'm a Baptist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So, in that
3: logic, you would have said Zwingli. And if I said Zwingli or Calvin, which would you have said?
1: Oh, that's a hard one too, Curry. I think because I love Zwingli. I mean, Zwingli, Zwingli was really an important guy. Uh, it's tough between those two guys if you'd said luther or calvin it would always have been calvin if you'd said luther or zwingli i may have gone with zwingli to be honest uh, with calvin and zwingli uh, calvin probably would have won it but it's tight <laughs>
3: yeah there you go and then, then the question is who i mean kind of like who who drowned the most anabaptists that's kind of like <laughs> That, do you keep record of that too? I mean, yeah,
1: that's, that's true. That's that's a that's a fair point, brother. And, and and those things were reminded, aren't we, of the imperfections of the Christian yeah. church. And uh, when you start to get into the the, the the whole political element, that's why we just got to do our best to be apolitical men, even though we can have political convictions. But that's a fair point, bro. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, I read some of that stuff and I'm thinking, I'm really glad I was born in the 20th century. <laughs> Yeah. Thank God for
3: denominations nowadays.
1: Like.
0: Yeah. Exactly,
1: bro. Exactly. Church Thank
0: consumerism you. has a place. Uh yeah. Yeah. uh guys, just to wrap up, let's uh let's briefly just uh pray for USL, our teams, uh the league, uh and um yeah, let's just pray that the uh, season ends well. Um and that um, you know I I, I always, it's funny guys always ask me how I pray. I pray God's will be done in so many ways, but I know, guys, you know they, they depend on these things for their daily bread, and um, some of them have families, young families now, right? They're asking the question. I even was with a footballer for surgery the last week, and he he feels differently now. He's got a young young son, um, so it's it's different to to go under anesthesia and you know just have some of the questions of life that kind of loom and. Um, so if we would, let's just close it out with a, with a prayer. And, um, I'm going to, I'm going to ask, uh, Briggsy if you'll start and, 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 uh, Kurt, if you'll hang up, uh, just, uh, and, and thanks again, Kurt, for your years of service. Uh, again, we're, we're going to find ways to keep you tied into football and soccer chaplains United, but guys, if you'd just pray us away for today.
1: Yeah. Father we do give you praise for this joyful time as brothers uh, that we can spend time discussing the work that you've given us to do amongst the soccer community. We bless you for the privilege that we have. We recognize Father that we are undeserving of this privilege and opportunity and we pray that you would continue to sustain us and give us grace to love those lads that play the beautiful game that we love and we thank you for each of the clubs represented here and for all the clubs uh, with chaplains throughout our nation uh, and for the clubs that don't yet have chaplains that we would see chaplains uh, connected to those clubs. We pray for the close of the season, that you would uh, keep the the lads from serious injury, that it would be a a great close to the season, competitive, enjoyable, uh, and that the best team would ultimately win uh, the championship uh, and that we would have opportunity to speak into the lives of uh the players and the management and the front uh, front st- uh, staff that we would bear a good witness to Jesus Christ and to the truth uh, of your glorious gospel we ask these things in Jesus name amen
3: god i just thank you so much for your goodness and your kindness in our lives and lord just giving us the opportunity to be uh just connected to these young men who are just lord just going through just Incredible turmoil and upheaval. Pretty much, they so many of them get traded at a last minute. And uh, Lord, that they, they are come to the end of their season at such a young age, wrestling with questions of retirement, uh, just a, just an an identity and legacy. Even at at thirty years old, they're wrestle starting to wrestle with that. And Lord, just I just pray for these young men in this season as they wrap up these this particular season and they think about. As they're thinking about the next season, as Greg was saying, Lord, I just, I'm i just struck by the, the, just the emotional um, struggles that some of these guys are going through. And Lord, I just pray that you would give us opportunity to speak uh, abundance and life into those situations, that we would be, bring, being, be prayers of good news and hope. And peace and joy, Lord. I just pray that you would just uh, pour out your spirit upon us. And Lord, I pray for protection uh, throughout the playoffs. Lord, I pray for a miracle that there would be so no serious injuries throughout these playoffs. Lord, I, that the all these guys would end well. Um, Lord, we do pray for the safety of players. Lord, I pray that referees keep the game safe and and under control. And and Lord, I just pray that uh, uh, there would just be just an overall. Peace throughout these playoffs, Lord. I pray that uh, you would just, uh, Lord, as you would just cause the men to these young men to play well, to play to the best of their abilities, Lord. That we would see incredible, um, um, giftedness uh, played out on the field, and Lord, we just ask for your, um, your strength, and Lord, I just pray that, um, that you would just be in all this, and Lord, I pray that, um. Lord, I just pray for the different clubs as well, Lord, that they would be uh, for the ownership. Lord, that they would not put undue pressure on on their stadium staff, as with the transitions, you know, and different surprises. a surprise you have a home game, uh, Lord, I pray that the tensions, Lord, I just know that there's been tensions with the switchbacks, you know, tension with conflict with concerts and games, and Lord, I just pray that there would be peace um, that they would, uh, work together and that there'd be a, just a general, um, good leadership skills applied We pray all this and pray your blessing upon soccer chaplains and all the teams where you have placed your people, Jesus people, that they would be bright lights shining for your glory in Jesus name. Amen. Amen.
0: Oh guys. So, so I love having time with you guys. It's, it's always a gift for me and, uh, some good laughs. Thankful that, you guys didn't roast me too much myself, but... Well, then
2: I have we a quick... You Wait, awesome. a
1: Thank you. That was good I sum
2: this up then, Brad. I I saw this video the other day of this, like, nine- or ten-year-old boy outside of, uh, uh, I think, Man U Stadium, and and an interviewer asked him, who's your favorite team? And he said, mm-hmm. Man U, of course. And they said, uh, and who's your favorite player? And he said, none of them. They're all rubbish. I saw that. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I think... I think what's cool about our conversation and what we pointed to even earlier is like, um, you know, it's amazing how his allegiance is to the team and uh, not necessarily to any single player, um, but we get to be both, both honest and hopeful at the same time because our allegiance is to Jesus. So I just love being on this team. I'm thankful for Kurt uh, demonstrating that over the years and, and uh, appreciate his service and ministry. It makes it easier all around when you know you have trusted and, and caring chaplains like kurt in the league uh it makes it easier when when i get players from colorado or send players to colorado you know they have a good model for what a, a person who has allegiance to christ can be both honest hmm. and hopeful at the same time yeah. but the moral what? of that story is that man use players are all rubbish oh. <laughs>
0: I was going to say what a pastoral word from a Spurs fan and then you and then you
1: went there. Um we're try, we're <laughs> try, we're trying to remain we're trying to remain modest and humble but the problem is as you well know Brad you're all terrified of what's going on at Tottenham now so there's a reality that's beginning to dawn that maybe losing Harry Kane won't get us relegated after all.
0: Harry Kane was our secret weapon. We knew that as long as he stayed with you guys, that you'd you'd be mediocre. <laughs> well,
1: that's gone now, my friend. we just one game at a time, as they say, Brad. But we're having fun right now.
3: Uh, have nah, have fun. gonna win it all anyway, and you're all gonna be like sad. What's that, Kurt? <laughs> Newcastle's going to win it all anyway. So hey, I, won't all grudge
1: it. I won't grudge it to the Toon Army. I don't grudge it to them. They've got a great fan base, and I love watching their games. They're, they're, that place is rocking, man. It's brilliant. Majority players and my team here are great boys too. You know, I really enjoy them.
0: All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening. Thanks, guys, for being on. This has been Rev Brad with Revs Kurt, Briggsy, and Ite coming to you from the Touchline.